The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, licensed real estate broker with AccuNet Realty Advisors and majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage, along with my son, David, who's the uh, AccuNet Mortgage Chief Client Experience Officer and Senior Loan Consultant. And for the first time ever, we're going to have a three-person show because we have son-in-law Tim Holdman in the house, who was, by the way, our top senior loan consultant in 2023. Congratulations, Tim. Thank you very much, Brian. Happy to be here. All right. Well, remember, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Talk and Text Line, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. And you can also grab a podcast of today's show or any of our past shows wherever you normally get your podcasts. So here we are, New Year's Eve. 2023, which is probably the most difficult uh, year for both real estate and mortgage lending in recent memory. For sure, in recent memory. Yep. Uh, And probably, you know, because the change was so great from what preceded 2023, which was super low rates and no inflation and, you know, COVID and all that stuff, to then all of a sudden inflation got out of hand, interest rates up. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to list their house for sale, all that crazy stuff. So, hey, goodbye, 2023. <laughs> and good riddance. We are happy to have survived you. And so now we turn the page and we look at 2024. And thankfully, rates are down from what was their fevered, um, what do we want to call it? Uh, hmm. The fevered, fevered peak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fevered peak. That's what it is. Thank you. Of near eight percent, and now we're back down comfortably in the mid sixes. I'd say, David, you're going to tell us about somebody later in the show who's locked in at what rate on a thirty-year fixed? Uh, five point nine nine percent, and the APR oh is oh, six point two. Five nine nine. Five nine nine. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. That is uh, that is way better sounding than even seven nine nine. I've got to say, oh, so yeah. we we've got that working for us. So let's let's kind of think about what do we think is going to happen, and what do all the big smart people think in our industry that's going to happen in 2024? And I was looking around the internet. Redfin, which is a large publicly traded brokerage headquartered in Seattle, I believe, but they do have uh, an office in Milwaukee, and their model is a little different. Just by the way, their uh, real estate agents, I believe, are employees not independent oh, contractors interesting. Okay. Uh, of the company. And I think they offer discounted uh, uh, commissions, if, if, if I recall correctly. But anyway, they got a bunch of really smart economists, and they are predicting that 2024 will be, quote, the year home buyers catch a break with home prices falling what? and new listings rising. Ooh. All right, so let's take that, unwrap that one at a time. Uh, they're predicting home prices are going to fall 1%. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Not a one. whopping 1%. And, and that's nationwide. Uh, by the way, Fannie Mae and others think home prices are going to rise between 2 and 3% in mm-hmm. 2024. But there's no such thing as a national housing market, so that's all bogus. The real question is what is going to happen in the market that 
you own in or that you want to buy in, right. which can be vastly different. Um, they make no specific prediction on inventory being up, but then they do say that um, uh, they think that home sales, the number of home sales in 2024 will be 5% higher. Okay. They got bad news. The best guys at predicting things are Fannie Mae, and they think that uh, existing home sales are going to be flat. Ugh. Exactly the same in 2024 as 2023. Now, I look back, and this to me, this is all about you got to have listings. In order to have sales, you got to have listings. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Hello. I'm not a real economist, but it seems kind of fundamental. So I went back and I looked at uh, number of listings in January in the five-county metropolitan area, uh, both condos and single-family detached. If you were ever wondering what percentage of the national market our five-county corner of the world makes up, the answer is less than one-half of one percent. Oh, mm. man. Okay. Okay. So we are not Small exactly fish. moving yeah. the numbers here. But anyway, there might be 17,000 home sales this last year, just roughly. We'll cover that next mm -hmm. week on the show. But if you go back to 2019, there were 1,700 new listings that came on the market. A little under 1,100 sold. The 30 year fixed rate was around 4.5%. Yep. Then in 2020, guess what? We also had 1,700 new listings, um, you know, give or take a couple dozen, and about the same number of sales. 30-year fixed rate was at 3.75. Then in 2021, we had uh, COVID, well, 1,500 new listings. Guess what? That was the same in 2022. Mm. Okay, along comes last year, only 1,200. Right. So last year we're down 300 from the previous two years. Yeah, which down, were down a couple hundred from the year before that. Yep, yeah. 500 uh, overall. So where do you guys think, what do you think listings are going to look like in January 2024? David, we'll swing it over to you. Uh, I'm going to say 1,500 because I, mm. I, I, I think home sellers are going to grow impatient and say, I don't care because they want to get on with their lives. Tim? Uh, I'm going to say 1600, Whoa. uh, just because I think, I think David is onto something where I think the rate shock is wearing off a little bit, uh, where sellers will be, you know, maybe a little bit more willing to give up whatever rate they have, whether it's three, three and a half, four. All right. And then, you know, rates tickling down from their peak is going to help them be more willing to buy, I think as well. All right. I'm going to go with 1200. We'll <laughs> see where we are Pessimist. in the like month. It. We'll let you know. All right. When we come back, we're going to start telling some stories from the front lines of mortgage lending. We're going to start out, uh, guess what? People are still buying homes right now, uh, here even at the end of December. And David's got a story about somebody on how he helped them get over his own fears. We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show 2023, you know, summary edition. I'm David Wickert, uh, joined by dad, Brian Wickert, and brother-in-law, Tim Holdman. Uh, dad, I was uh, regaling you of a client who I connected with this week who got an accepted offer. Cause as you said, people are doing that even here at the end of the year and a referral from their real estate agent, because that real estate agent loves working with me and the whole Acunet mortgage team. 
And when I, hey, smart agent. Uh, When I connected with this buyer, though, he was not struggling with, he was afraid of the possibility that, man, I might buy this house because I want this house. I close in January. My first payment then is March 1st, but I'm currently renting. And my rent, I will have a rent payment on March, April, and May. So there might be this overlap where I might have both a new house and a new mortgage payment and also a rent payment. And, and that was think, making him nervous. That's pretty common for first-time home buyers, right? Absolutely. I mean, Very everybody's common. Everybody's got to wrap up their old lease. And, and so for him, it was concern on like, do I want to possibly endure? Do I like this house enough? Am I ready right now at the end of December to, you know, jump into this specific home? Oh, so maybe it was a little too early for him. I think, you know, like a lot of things, it depends on the house, right? For the right house, you, you're willing to consider things that you aren't willing to consider for the wrong house. Let's put sure. it that way. So as, as you taught me and all loan consultants and we share with clients, Let's quantify it, right? Because it feels like this scary monster, but double we got to double payments, but let's turn the light on. I have a two-year-old at home. Can you tell? We got to turn the light on. So I, what I asked, I said, what's your rent payment? Oh, it's a thousand dollars a month. I said, okay, well, worst case, you will have a thousand dollars March, April, and May. It's $3,000 that you might have to spend in addition to your mortgage payment. He qualifies all day to buy this house. He also shared with me that in his mind, he had earmarked $20,000 for his down payment, closing costs, the whole kit and caboodle. What I shared with him was I said, that's great. 20,000 was more than he would need to get to the closing table comfortably. I said, if you're concerned about the double payments, let's consider this. You have the 20000 earmarked in your mind. Why not consider only using 17000 of the money you have allotted? Genius. And then set aside over here in your mind, you know, on the left, this extra $3,000 so that if the worst comes to pass, you've already got the money set aside. Well, wait, David, skills... wouldn't, wouldn't that increase his monthly mortgage payment because he's <laughs> reducing his down payment by $3,000? It is. It would cost him the equivalent of about $16 a month in payments. So yes, Tim, a month. $16. For, because here's the other thing, too. If his landlord finds a new tenant, the tenant takes over. So if he gets really lucky... The landlord finds a new person. He never has to make double payments. Right. But maybe there's one month of double payments, and then the you know his rental gets a new person, and he gets to go keep, air quotes, keep the two thousand dollars then that he didn't have to spend on double payments. And maybe as a new homeowner, he'd have something that he would want or need to buy. Uh, you know, if it's a single family home, he might need a lawnmower. You know, things like right. that. 
So yeah, that that's a, that was a very clever uh, solution. And so did this ease his mind and allow him to proceed forth it, with uh, confidence and joy? It totally did. So we we connected on Wednesday, talked through all that, and I mean this is why this is why advice is key, right? Because this isn't about what's on the spreadsheet. It was what makes him comfortable. And yes, the answer was a numbers based answer. But what we really came to was you can do this and be comfortable in this transition time. So he got the accepted offer because in teaming up with this real estate agent, then like all Acunet loan consultants, I, David, called the listing agent, texted the listing agent to be like, this buyer's a slam dunk, really safe choice for your seller. Gets the accepted offer. Then we get into discussing different rate and cost options. More meat on this bone because a real life example. Let me tell you more about this story when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. Welcome back to this uh, New Year's Eve edition of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. And we're talking about uh, one of David's clients who just got an accepted offer. We helped him figure out how he could bridge possibly having um, to pay his rent payment whilst also making his first few mortgage payments by reducing his uh, downstroke by three grand, which is a great idea, David. Hats off to you. And now you wanted to tell us a little bit about the rate and closing cost choices that you presented. And the rates are down, so let's hear it. Yeah. So this was, I really enjoyed option one, 599. (sighs) Smells, tastes so good, 599. Paying some points to get there. Uh, And there was some uh, PMI on this because he was putting less than 20% down, but functionally the APR was about 6.2. Middle column. What are points again? Points is interest paid in advance. It is an investment to lower the rate. I'm going to say lower than what the general rate would be. Well, because you're going to give them door number two. What was door number two? Door number two, 6.25%. Kind of not too hot, not too cold. Some points, but not you know not paying as much to suppress the rate down all the way to five nine nine, and then door number three, six point five percent. No points. APR six point six. No points because that's the give and take, and that's what you know Tim and I and all loan consultants share with borrowers is like there's not just the rate. You have options, and I what I've begun to do with clients to just try to get the conversation in the right framework. I ask, what do you think interest rates are going to do in the next year? Because like sports and weather, I think, does everybody have an opinion about what interest rates are going to do? Or is that just what we talk about when we, you know, hang out? I think if you're in home buying, if you're in home buying mode, yeah, you probably do have some sort of an opinion. You at least have it as a topic on your mind. And yeah, what did this chap, uh, what was he, his answer? He shared, he must listen to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on 10 AMs on Sundays on TMJ because he was like, oh, I think rates are probably going to come down. You know, sounds like the Fed is going to, are they going to take their foot off the gas? They're going to they're gonna they cut the rates, yeah, yeah. break gas. The Fed, they're going to help us out. They've been hurting us. Now they're going to help us out. So I said, well, if you think 
rates are going to come down. Picking something where you're paying points, you're never going to make your money back. As I, as I say to folks, when you decide to pay points to lower the rate, you're actually hoping that rates stay the same or get worse and go up. And if you're not hoping, you're betting. You're placing your bet betting. that, hey, I would rather pay money now to get a lower rate than accept a slightly higher rate in payment for a period of time while I wait for rates to come down. And generally, or Tim, what, what's the typical when we're showing people the break even, meaning if you pay points to get the lower rate, how long will it take you to recoup that versus the no point option? Yeah, I mean, it varies a little bit based on loan size and things like that. But generally, around four to five years, if not longer, is, is the break even. So, you know, David hit it right on the head, but it's like if I'm reviewing those options with a customer and we have a nice little table that we show them that shows that break even calculation, it is, do you think you're going to keep this particular mortgage for at least four years? Right. Because or if you don't, then technically you're not making a good fiscal investment of your money to buy down the rate all the way to 5.9. Now, if in real life you want to break your coworkers at the water cooler that you got a rate with a five, <laughs> I then, got five nine, by all nine, means, yeah. yeah, spend the money to do that, but you're probably not going to follow that up. You're like, oh yeah, but by the way, I paid, you know, two points to get that rate. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's never brought up at the water cooler. Right, so, right. so the yeah. other side, choose? Yeah, so the other side of this story, what the, my client ended up choosing five, nine, nine paying the points, because he wanted the sure thing that that yes he might be foregoing you know it let's say next year or you know eight months from now rates are at five and a half he might just be like eh, shrug like you know it doesn't really move the needle for him because the savings isn't as much but what made him comfortable and this is right this is mortgage lending it's both numbers and Real life. Real life. It's emotion. Yeah. Emotion. He, single guy, you know, working, got some savings, but felt most comfortable that he's got the sure thing and not the hope or the expectation that refinancing in the future would rescue him. Sure. Yeah, fine. We're all about, hey, whatever makes right. you feel it's comfortable. Like, I'm going to cook your steak give... how you want it because you got to eat it, but I'm going to tell That's... you how it tastes. <laughs> right. All right. So when we come back, you know, rates have now fallen enough where we have some people that we can refinance because they, um, what? you know, bought homes at higher rates. So I'm going to come back with a story uh, on that. I'm going to call it the bird in the hand story. We're going to get to that right after the news. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the second half of today's show. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder. That's David, the son, and taller, and even taller than David is Tim, the son-in-law. <laughs> and even younger. Tim, and even younger. There you go. Oh, and man. more handsome, you know, than, than I ever was. Okay. So um, about a, a year ago in November of 2022, uh, after an more than a year long search. So this started, this story goes back to 2021. Yeah. When a, uh, a young couple uh, was introduced to us by the, uh, her father uh, for this home search. And, and I, I lost track of how many pre-approval letters we wrote. <laughs> uh, and, and finally last November, they got a house under contract and this was at the exact 
bad time of that year because rates had been going up in the fall just like they did this last fall. And so at that time, we were faced with, hey, would you like to have a um, rate of 6.625 or we can give you this thing called a temporary buy-down where you're going to enjoy a rate of 6.125 for the first year. And and that was a big payment savings. I'm going to say that was a couple hundred dollars a month right? Yeah. Uh, versus uh, the other alternatives. And and so that is what they chose. The And, and the, the father's in the financial world. And so at that time, he and I both thought, well, rates are going to go down in 2023. Well, they, they didn't. They did not. But this young couple was able to enjoy the 6.125 uh, payment rate, I'll call it, for the full year. And now, starting in January 1st, their payment will go up to the rate of 7.125, okay? And so just like a miracle, rates came down in the second half of December. Just the right time. And so I reached out and said, you know what? I can refinance you back down to 6625, which would reduce your monthly payment by $123 a month. Compared to the 7.125 that their payment's about to be. Correct. Okay. Correct. And, uh, and that'll cost you 972 bucks. Okay. Now it's interesting because you just heard David said, you got somebody 6.5, you know, with no points. This was with no points and only $972. But the reason the rate was a little higher is one of their credit scores was in the second highest tier. Okay. And so folks, that's what rate you get depends on a lot of factors. Uh, two of the most important are what is the qualifying credit score? And if there are two borrowers, we get to use the lower of the two. Right. And then the other thing is how much equity you have. Now, amazingly, uh, this house is over in Janesville. And uh, they bought it for uh, $290,000 in 2022. Oh. I was putting it through the computer system and playing around with what value will Fannie Mae's automated auto rating system accept? Let us use for the purpose of the refinance. The answer is $327,000. So up like $37,000. Let this be an example. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What did, what did Redfin say? Okay. Well, they were, they were wrong. Well, and you know, you had people last year at that time wondering if they overpaid, right? Yeah for their real estate. And uh, so the good news is we did not need an appraisal waiver and this allowed them to get to 25% equity, right? which is, which is what yeah. gave them the as good a pricing as I was able to offer. Well, and then I also gave them an offer because they had additional funds that they did not put down what? when they bought. Is the, wait, is the summary, what? did they say, Brian, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> well, uh, not exactly. What? There, there was some, Hemming and hawing, actually, um, that, well, you know, is this enough? Is this enough of a savings? And gee, I wish it wasn't costing $972. Like, yeah, I wish it wasn't costing that much, too. And I didn't bring this up, but it was, you know, in part because of this credit score. Um, So long story short, I gave him a couple of other options. And in the end, though, what I reminded him of was, there is a cost of waiting. If you say, no, this isn't enough now, you are going to be paying $123 every more, month more. More than you could have, yeah. While you wait, 
And you then have to make that back, you know, with some, you know, how much more do you think rates are going to come down? And by the way, my opinion uh, is that this rate drop that we've seen here in the second half of December is all we're going to get for a while. Right. Because it was this big relief that, okay, you know what? We think we've got inflation beat. You know, we think that the Fed is definitely not going to raise rates and maybe they're going to start to cut rates. That's all baked into that, today's... Right. That reaction is all baked into current pricing. So it's not like rates are going to magically drop more when the Fed cuts actually happen Correct. in 2024. That's exactly. Yeah. Bingo. All right. When we come back... Tim, I'm going to have you tell your interesting story right. about uh, that's a home buying story um, where we came across an unusual um, clause in a contract that we hadn't seen before. And I'll tell you, I figured out why we hadn't seen it, by oh, the way. Okay. All that when we come back, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM 620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Uh, this is Tim Holdman, Senior Loan Consultant at AccuNet Mortgage, joined by Brian and David Wickert. We are the three-headed triple threat radio show this morning. Uh, and I wanted to bring it back to tell an interesting story of a, a past customer of Acunets who reached back out to me this week. And, uh, and David, and I'm sure all of us would agree, we wear many hats uh, as loan consultants, not just mortgage related. He actually had some questions and concerns about his purchase contract. Uh, and we ended up doing a three-way call with him and his agent that he was using. But he, he came to me and said, Tim, I have an accepted offer. And I said, congratulations, the hardest part is already over for you because you have an AO. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I wrote an offer contingent on the sale of my current home. And I said, wow, that's great. Uh, don't see that very often. Kind of the kiss of death we usually call that. Nobody yeah. wants that. But apparently the seller said, no problem. And uh, we reviewed the contract together. And at first glance, it was a little alarming because it said that this gentleman had to not only have an accepted offer on his current home, but actually sell and close on the sale of his current home by no later than January 2nd of 2024. And uh, I said, well, Mr. Customer, do you uh, have uh, someone who's willing to close that fast? No, I just listed my property a couple days ago. I was like, okay, well, if I'm reading this contract correctly, basically means that if you don't have someone buy your home by Tuesday, you have to deliver proof to the seller of your new home that you're about to buy that you can either be a cash buyer or get financing in place without. And, and, and waive your home sale contingency. Yeah, without having to sell your home. Right. Okay. So, so it's like a little different um, task for you, which right. could you could you approve him to buy without selling his oh, house? Absolutely. Super strong buyer. Okay. Excellent you know, debt to income ratio, excellent credit score, plenty of money for a down payment without you know home sale proceeds. So he checked all the boxes. And I told him that. I was like, listen... This isn't a matter of can you or can you not buy this new home without selling your current home because you absolutely can, and if you like the property enough, you can. We can do this for you. But, but he it, was not aware. Just to clarify, he was not aware of the provision, right? Because he he looked at the headline. I'm looking at the form right now that says, "Yeah, it's contingent upon closing of buyer's property," mm -hmm. but what he didn't look at was. By the second of January, he <laughs> right. kind of missed that detail, yeah. yeah, which is a totally different kettle of fish. Okay, so so go on. 
so I said, you know, this is about if you are comfortable potentially waiving this contingency in a couple days, in two days, right? Because that's basically what we're looking at having happening here. Yeah. Unless, and at that point, we had not done the group call with the agent yet. So he said, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that, Tim. So then we, we got on the phone with the agent, and the agent uh, brought a lot of clarity to the situation. Apparently, the seller is super flexible and super easygoing with the offer for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And they said that they're happy amending that home sale contingency to match whatever the closing date will be once our customer gets a buyer on the line to, to buy his current home. Okay. So, uh, this so he is... said that amendment will be coming. He said he, he simply made it 1-2 of 2024 because he didn't want to have to amend the uh, contract several times as they were pushing out the date. Okay. Which, I mean, you know, it's... struck me as kind of odd, but honestly, I, I told our customers, you know, if you, you simply have to be willing to take his word on it, you know, because yeah. likely the, the second of January is going to come and go before you even have a buyer on the line for your current home. Well, yeah. How long has he been on the market? Uh, two days. And this this is a form that we don't often see because it's in a uh, it's in a, one of the shoreline counties north of Milwaukee, right? And they use a different addendum A. So yeah, this was interesting to see this uh, provision in there, a little that, different flavor. Yeah, yeah and you know, I, he's going to proceed because ultimately I showed him some options that made him realize the numbers aren't really that scary at the end of the day, anyways. Even if he doesn't have a buyer. For his current home you know on or before the date he's set to buy the the new home so I, as a bottom line if you like the new house enough you're going to be able to you know buy it without putting yourself in a unnecessarily you know risky financial situation okay and the good news is we could have helped him even if he had to um, you know be able to prove that he could buy without selling his home but that wasn't what well, was in his head and so now we can just right. proceed as as normal and, and the other thing that's funny too is you know it may actually turn out the other way where he doesn't even need us for a mortgage on the new place oh. if he sells his home for enough money and and you know so he was appreciative of the consult uh and the, and the information even if though we may not end up doing a mortgage oh, for him yeah. okay so. it's going to be mortgage free well i hope not yeah, we, we'll we, we believe in our product. That's right. <laughs> All right. When we come back, um, I've got a, one other interesting uh, refinance story to share. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'm Brian the Elder. That's David over there, the younger Wickert, and Tim Holdman, our senior loan consultant, David's brother-in-law, my son-in-law, all teaming up here to hopefully give you some useful information uh, for, for financing and refinancing. And this story that I wanted to share has to do with the refinance and has a couple of aspects to it. This is a refinance caused by our age-old friend, a divorce. So, unfortunately, this uh, homeowner is going to have to give up his 3.99 mortgage, mm -hmm. and, um, and we're getting him a 6.5 30-year fixed rate, uh, and that was with only $218 of total loan mm -hmm. costs. Not bad. Because he's got great credit and a lot of equity in the house. Luckily, he does not have to pull any equity out of the house to pay off his ex-spouse, which is often the case in a divorce situation. Yep. Um, but the interesting wrinkle here is we were kind of going through the numbers. Um, we are using a existing loan balance of like 190. And then I update his credit report, and it's like, it's reporting 210,000. 
Oh. And I look at it a little longer. I look at it and go, oh, there were no payments made back in 2021 for a period of time because of? Forbearance. Forbearance. You want to give us a working man's definition of forbearance? So basically during COVID, uh, forbearance came about as a tool to help uh, borrowers that, you know, were potentially down and out financially speaking for a variety of reasons. Basically, uh, the way they could raise their hand and say, hey, I'm having a really hard time paying my mortgage right now. Uh, So they were allowed to do forbearance, which means they could pause their mortgage payments, but it was not the thing that maybe people thought it was. It wasn't free money. Uh, Basically, the entire balance of those forbeared payments, deferred payments, were tacked onto the mortgage in the form of uh, what's known as a silent second lien, uh, which basically means they didn't have to pay on it, but it needed to be paid off when they either refinance the mortgage or sell the property. They should have called it like postponement is what what it really is. Right, right. And so just to be technically accurate, it didn't become a second lien. What they said is it's still part of the first mortgage lean from a technical uh, standpoint, sure. but you're going to get to pay this at the end. Okay. <laughs> and in the meantime, though, the cool thing is they're not charging any interest on that. Well, and it was like $19,800. Yeah. So after grieving, it was a very fast grieving process mm-hmm. that we went through with this client because he was able to look up online or he found his statement and, oh yeah, 190 is my principal balance, but then there's this other $19,800. Oh yeah, I remember not making my mortgage payment for six months or whatever. Interest bearing, you know, portion of it. So um, so we're gonna have to pay off both. You know, there was this, well, can I leave that? No, Mm -hmm. you gotta pay it all off. You can't just leave that little schnibble out there interest-free. That's not no. the way that program was designed. And um, then the other interesting thing is this time of year is when taxes get paid. Well, right. his tax escrow account was also short because of the forbearance, right? And so uh-huh. at first we thought, well, you know, how do we want to handle that? But because it was a contentious divorce, it turned out that the best thing for him was to have the existing loan servicer pay the taxes okay, and create a deficit in the tax escrow account. Because if there had been a surplus in the tax escrow account. Then we could loop up that deficit as part of the payoff anyways, right? Correct. So we're going to handle it through the the deficit we're going to handle through the refinance process when we get back on track for the new loan. The problem would have been had there been an uh, excess or leftovers in that escrow account, he would have gotten a check back payable to him and his ex-wife. Oh, right. Because from that loan servicer's perspective, yeah, she's on- still on the loan, <laughs> right. yeah. which is why we're doing the refinance. And there was no way they could get her to cooperate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so this turned out to be a very happy ending All in right. terms of, um, you know, things just coming together, a little bit of luck, and we'll take it. Better be lucky than good. I will say, too, that refinancing, because of a divorce, there's always some unexpected curveballs that are going to come up. That can make the process a little bit more stressful for the borrower. So it, it's definitely worth having a really good experienced team on your side oh, yeah. when you're trying to refinance due to a divorce specifically. Yep, that that is something that we are unfortunately pretty good at. Yep. Happens a lot. Um, all right, well, here we are staring 2024 in the face. It's going to be, it's supposed to be better. Uh, I'm just going to say that and you know, we'll That's see what right. happens. And, and I'm, 
I think it will be. At least, you know what's going to come back for our industry anyway is there, I think, will be more refinancing right. simply because uh, rates are going to continue to hopefully come down a little bit. They're already down from where they were. We're in the mid-sixes. Uh, David has shared earlier in the show we locked somebody in at 5.99 because they were willing to pay a little bit extra up front. So things are looking pretty good. That's all the time we have for today. And we're going to see you back here next week. You've been listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.